0: What's going on, everybody? You've got the Cardboard Coaches here with your boy, Coach Co.
1: I am the cartel.
0: I love it. And today, today marks the unofficial one-year anniversary of, uh, I guess, the lockdown. But I'm sure it was before that. But we, we record on Sunday. So kind of missed yeah. that. But uh, also, I mean, it's the one year anniversary of me getting back into the hobby. And I know that that might come as a surprise to some of you, but uh, that is just a fact. And so what we're gonna do is we're gonna talk a little bit about where or how far we've come, not necessarily myself. I mean, I, I will be giving some of my experience during this, but now we've got a year of sample size and, you know, guys like the cartel have been in in this hobby for significantly longer than I have. And the last year, I think it's fair to say it's going to be an accurate representation of what's going to happen at least like in the short term um, maybe for the next two, three, four, five years. You know what I mean? Like, um, so what are some things that you've seen cartel in the last year that uh, are kind of going full circle because i mean a year is plenty of time to to to
1: acquire some information you know absolutely and that's 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 why we should be talking about it is because it kind of is an anniversary it's not just the the uh you know the uh, a year of you being in the hobby uh, mr co it's a lot of people entered the hobby right around this time last year when uh the s started hitting the fan and we had uh rudy gobert and tom hanks and and all that news that was coming out. And when it was time to lock down, it was time to do some spring cleaning, so to, so to speak. Uh, take a look at everything around us because we we're gonna be spending a lot more time with ourselves and, and in our surroundings. And I think a lot of people started opening some closets and going through some boxes and getting on eBay. And I, I think that's totally normal human reaction. And when you're dealing with people in a certain uh, category, in a certain age range, um, that's the go-to is nostalgia. And the fact that a lot of stuff that we're nostalgic about uh, is popular and, and, and in, one, in one form or the other. You know, if, we, if you grew up with Marvel in one form, be it the comic books, the Impel cards, um, TV shows, the animated series shows. I, I was a huge fan of the X-Men and Spider-Man animated series. Collecting action figures. Well, they're still around. They're around now in the form of film, Uh, Still, obviously, in comic books and and that sort of thing. Uh, And with cards, cards have never gone away, right? They've had their ups and downs. They've had their belts of popularity. And obviously, what we saw was a huge increase in the number of collectors, investors, um, hobbyists, flippers. Don't forget, there is a gigantic chunk, probably larger than ever, of the hobby community that doesn't really care that much about sports or cardboard itself, the cards and slabs themselves, they're there to make money, right? There is that subsection that is actually starting now to get really interested in stonks, in, in uh, cryptocurrency, and other forms of non-traditional investment. Let's not forget that. That's still a big part of the community. It's part of the community for better or for worse. And in a lot of ways, it's, it's actually essential. Yeah. I think, I think, People realize that. So, if you're asking me, you know, kind of to reflect on the past year, we've seen a lot of crazy um, market trends. We've seen the concept of FOMO play out, right? The fear of being left out. Is it what is it? Is it FOMO? Is it fear of missing out? Fear of missing out. Fear of missing out. Like what yeah. the hell's going on with that acronym? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and we've seen the power of all these elements. We've seen the power of influencers, uh, again, reminding you that a lot of these influencers are not even really from the hobby world, um, giving their comments and, and feelings about things. So it's been the most singularly unique year ever when it comes to the hobby. Um, and the question now is, how do we go? How do we adjust from that? How, where do we go from there? Do we see things continue as they are? I I don't think that's going to be the case. I think we're already seeing things change a little bit. What are the different changes going to be? So it's funny.
0: It's funny you mention certain parts of the hobby as being like essential, right? Like for better or for worse. Uh, I was actually having a conversation with someone this morning and uh, on my TikTok page, if you guys don't follow me, Coach Cole Collectibles. Links in the bio for the Instagram, exactly the same for TikTok. But uh, the only reason why I mentioned that is not some cheesy grab so that you guys can all jump on my TikTok. But to mention that I I do frequently respond to people on on all my channels. But So I I posted a video about how I think it's time to sell, at least for me, my Vlad Guerrero Jr. Top Scrum. I bought in last year, uh, one of the first cards I bought actually out of the gate was a PSA 10 Vlad Guerrero uh, tops Chrome. I paid, I think it was $60 plus $15 shipping. And I'm talking Canadian dollars. Uh, So $75 total investment um, from Toronto, only one Canadian team. I thought former top prospect, I thought it was pretty solid bet throughout the season. He starts to decline. And I think at one point the low was like maybe 50 bucks, maybe 45 even. Um, And then Fast forward to present day when we talked about last podcast, baseball cards are they're beaming right now, and uh, recent comps have it as high as like two hundred and sixty. Now, to me, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is—I don't know if he's ever going to live up to a two hundred and sixty-dollar card, but it depends on what the hobby looks like, you know. Um, and there are a lot of lethal hitters in that Blue Jays lineup, so. Also, I know how long the MLB season is. And based on what we talked about, I mean, even like 10 minutes ago and trends last season, albeit it wasn't a standard baseball season, you didn't really see guys' prices go up, but you definitely saw them go down. And uh, so I decided that I was going to sell pre-season starting, And I mentioned that and someone actually mentioned to me that they thought that, you know, he, I I should probably hold him for a little bit longer. Um, To which I mentioned, you know, I, I've almost, I have pursued this as long as I want to. And it's time for me to pass that dream on to somebody else. And the reason why I even mentioned any of this is to tie it back into the fact that we need certain components in the hobby. We need, as you said before, we need those outside investors who you know don't really even know too much about it and that are just like putting money into the hobby. Um, we also need there to be a solid level of players, if that makes sense. So we need people to buy in at certain stages for cards. We need people to believe in, in certain cards after we believe in them, right? Like if I sold at the same time that everybody else was selling Vlad or selling Vlad, <laughs> chances are the market would collapse. Do you know what I mean? So like having those layers of people with different beliefs, I mean, part of that is having so many people in the hobby in general, but that is essential. Do you know what I mean? So having all those layers of people is essential. And I think it's a really, really, really solid sign that most cases, um, if you list something right now, as you and I have both seen, if, if it's at the right time, someone's willing to take a chance on it right now. Do you know what I mean? Like, depending on the card, I mean, I honestly, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, I would say 90% of the stuff that I didn't think I'd sell, I've, I've sold. And that's just at the right time. And peep, someone willing to take a chance on, on a card at the right price,
1: man. Well, there, yeah, there's some people listening might be like, wait a minute, I, I really like Vlad. I think yeah. he's got nowhere to go but up. But that's not really the, com- the, the completeness of the conversation, right? No. You've, got, you've had a year now to watch the market. You've seen the start and finish of a baseball season, right? You've seen the finish of a hockey season and a basketball season. So, you're getting, you know, this is the whole point, coming back to looping back to the concept that people have had time now to take a look at what's going on with the market. And here's the thing. So, just again, using you as an example, I've seen you make purchases at the right time. Uh, And I'm more privy to those because you'll let me know about those. And sometimes you let me know about sales, but I've seen you make purchases at the right time. And then eventually everyone is confronted with the concept is when is the right time to pull out? If I'm not married to the card, if I don't love it, if it's not PC, am I just going to hold on to it and hope that the chart is always going up? Here's the thing. Got plenty of charts. Hey, listen, head over to the Maestro, uh, Lameem James, check out the charts, go to Card Ladder, whatever it is you use. I always bring up the memeer first. It's funny. I always bring yeah, up always. the guy making jokes before I bring up these guys that are using serious analytics. Yeah, I know. Uh, I use my own analytics. And yeah. again, if you want to use someone else's, that's fine. But we've seen the charts, they're not all one way. Um, and sometimes you need to take some of the profits, even if that Vlad goes for 402 weeks. Brendan's going to take his profits. And I'm assuming you've got your eye on some other stuff as well. Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, worst comes so, to worst. I, it's liquid capital now. You know what I mean? So like yeah. if I wanted to make a move on something yeah. like now, it's not like, oh, this Vlad could be worth 200 or it could be worth three. Like it's actual cold, hard cash to make a deal that yeah. I only put $75 into. You know what I mean? So like that's a the, whole very... of the game for me right now, which is funny right. because a year ago, if when I started buying cards, my attitude was, I'm just going to hold this thing until it moves. You know what I mean? So it's crazy. What kind of attitude shift happens in a year? We're like now fast forward a year, I'm no longer looking at something like, okay, I'm going to hold this for the rest of my life and wait for it to be, you know, a $5,000, $10,000 car Because I know that like, unless it's Something pretty prominent with low pop counts, and that somehow an influencer is going to grab and it's going to moon. Like chances are, that's a pipe dream. You know what I mean? And worse comes worse. Double back. You're allowed to double back. You're allowed to buy in again later.
1: Exactly. So what I was going to mention was I I was in a so I got I got in so low on Cody Bellinger, and I was so impressed with myself that I wasn't paying attention. And what I should have paid attention to. And remember, we're talking about just moments in time. Cody Bellinger is a young, former MVP who could potentially have a fantastic Hall of Fame type career ahead of him. On a dynasty, on a dynasty, bro. And we're just talking patches of time. Yeah. But I would have done well for myself to sell Cody Bellinger at the beginning of last season. buy it back even. He's never had prices like that. Now, when did he have his lowest prices as the season went on and yeah. he didn't play great, even though the Dodgers did well, I would have been able to buy some Cody to exactly. Right. So uh, I'm still holding the bag on Cody, but now again, the market is starting to yeah, yeah. sizzle back up. But and- the thing
0: is, if your initial investment isn't like that much to begin with, and it's like someone you believe in, because right. we've seen this cycle, we can allow it to take its course. And you don't have to make like rash decisions where you're like, like, damn, bro. Like I'm, you know, I could have sold at 2000. Now it's, and I'm talking about your, your, I'm probably talking about your gold right now. But the gold, uh, like, yeah, the gold, which hit, you 1, know, like you're I, ah, I, oh man, I wish I sold at, at 15. Like now it's nine, you know, now let's sell at nine. You're like, well, what's the point? You know, just hold, might as well just hold on to it for another cycle. Especially, bro. especially
1: a on a player like Bellinger yeah. and B, on a card that has a low pop, like a gold PSA 10. Yeah, of course. So, man. Yeah, so I mean, a lot of people might be like, wait a minute, what's Coach Co talking about? Why are you moving Vlad right now? Well, guess what? There's no problem moving it when the market is hot and you're about to three times your initial investment. There's nothing wrong with that. No. Even if Vlad comes out hot out of the gate, because well, gonna- if Vlad just comes kind of slow out the gate, ends up having a great season, Co is still looking good because he may be able to buy in. Again. Also we
0: forget how long a season is man. Like this is this oh, is yeah. peak hype for baseball. Because halfway through the season, how many people are still going to be watching every game? You know what I mean? Like even Damn. even investors it's yeah. they play every day. Like 4 months into the season, you you might find yourself not watching every game or not watching every stat, right? And that's why it doesn't change too much because it's 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 every day. And so I'm like, I'd rather just take my ROI and inevitably, I promise you, there's always a dip of some kind. I mean, Soto's, uh, like last year, I think they got up to like 350 and then they get down a little bit.
1: It's the first time we're seeing a little
0: dip in Soto. And now you see a dip, right? So I'm like, and there's no reason for it. There's absolutely
1: no reason for this this Soto dip. I would say the only reason would be is the distribution of attention. If people now suddenly want to look a little harder at Tatis or I'm noticing Randy or Rosarena prices finally lifting a bit, then it's got to be redistributed. But, you know, that's baseball's interesting that way. What The other thing I was going to mention is as the season goes on, right, if these guys are performing up to snuff, and that's to say, listen, they've played in a COVID era season already, shortened one. So there's a little bit more of a familiar familiarity with how things are going to go. There will be more fans watching. It will be a different atmosphere. They've had a, they've had time to recover from any injuries, do the type of training that we know that in high end sports and athletics, there is some really smart training and supplementation and nutrition going on. If these guys perform, like if Mike Stanton comes back and performs, serious Giancarlo Stanton, I love when you drop the Mike Stanton there. Well, that's what I'm used to on my card, right? I know, I, I know. Um, if he performs, if, if, if all these guys, Tatis, Soto, Cunha are performing, don't forget, you know, halfway through the season, we'll be like, okay, it's a bunch of guys that are performing. What's but, that's, really- but that's where the money is going to, it's going to go everywhere. You know and, what I and mean? And the like- question is, what stands out? And if yeah. we think back to the 2019 season, yeah. what stood out? Well Soto stood out because he was he was the rookie on a on a team that was performing. Acuña stood out because he was chasing 40 40. It's
0: the home runs and the stolen bases and quite frankly, I don't think Vlad is is going to compete for the home run lead and I he can't steal bases. So I'm like to me he's a really good player. Very good player. But like how does it differentiate from from right. all the other great players in baseball? If we look at the Dodgers team last year, they had Top to bottom, almost every single roster player was a very good player. Do you know yes. what I mean? Yeah. Not every one of those players, PSA 10s, sold for 2 dollars So I'm like, okay, I, I, I love this. Not to mention they eliminated the, uh, the additional playoff uh, team. So they, there's no longer going to be an additional playoff team. And I'm like, you know, do I think that the, the Blue Jays – can make it past the first round? I I don't don't know. I just don't know. Oh. I really, you know what I mean? So I'm like, you know, I, I'll I'll take I'll take that. I think the, the Blue Jays are a few years away from winning. I think their team is stacked as hell. Um, but I the Chicago White Sox are stacked as hell. The San Diego Padres are stacked as hell. The Dodgers uh-huh. are stacked as
1: hell. You know what I mean? The Rays. So, so you know, um, yeah, like the again the the basic idea here being if you can three times. The investment. Sometimes you got to just do that and then spread that out to other plays and not let the thing that is letting a lot of us hesitate. Don't let that thing make you hesitate, which is what if it, what if it keeps going up? What if, right? I'm happy to let something go and then see that it keeps rising the next week. What did I do with that rake? What did I how did I parlay that? How did I? How did I move that? So that's more important than worrying about the, 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 the overall track. We, we've seen the graphs enough at this point. So
0: I mean, even, even if you put that money and reallocate it into a sub, you know what I mean? Like that's, that's money well spent, you know? Yeah.
1: yeah I think a lot of people have to think about that too, when the subs are coming back and it's like, a Piper. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, you know, it's, so it's a full year where we've had to consider these types of things, the way that the market fluctuates. It's a full year where newbie buyers are not so newbie anymore. They're learning a little bit more. By the way, people are still spilling in on a day-to-day basis. We're still getting new collectors, new additions to the community. But I think that it's another, it's it's an opportunity for people to reflect on the past year and learn, and hopefully learn from some of the stuff that we've talked about on Cardboard Coaches. Um, Last week, I really went off uh, for better or for worse, uh, I attacked some major players in the game. And I do that because there has to be accountability. There has to be. And one of the things we talked about was uh, picking and choosing the people that you're going to do business with on any level, whether it's a trait, a sale or a purchase, or the people that are handling your cards, if you're sending them out for grading, or the people who are you're, you're consigning your cards with. So as we discussed, uh, I saw an update, uh, not an update. I saw someone on Instagram who's, who's a friend of mine and, and, uh, someone I've done business with who put up a story involving a very expensive young guns rookie card. Right. And clearly something happened from the time that he sent the card to the time that the card was encased, uh, which with a, uh, I believe it was MNT, the card looks different. And he showed that the corners look different and the edges look different. There was some pre-discussion about, was it the grading company? Brendan, was it the grading company or was it the subgroup? I I
0: mean, it's likely. I, I'm almost 100%. likely not the grading company. It is, not the,
1: it is not the giant corporation that is in a heated battle with other companies to win people over via, um, you know, uh, quality of service. And reliability, I would the, one of the last things I'd be worried about is a grading company switching a card rating. I just don't, or, for a variety of reasons. MNT
0: needs the two thousand dollars from a PSA ten um, McKinnon, right, uh, exactly. ver- Versus the potential hundreds of thousands that they could get from just getting like quality grades back. Exactly. You know, so like,
1: I just so don't- we have to look at the intermediary involved here. And that is what I was told was a quote-unquote reliable and trusted subgroup. And remember, one of the things I mentioned last week, and I'll mention it again, the worst stories that I hear are not fly-by-night people that come and go. They're from people that already had an established reputation. And now you as the quote-unquote victim are in a very uncomfortable situation because now you have to talk about The fact that you feel that you've been done wrong by someone who has gained the trust of people see how that game works that's a game in itself
0: yeah
1: gather up the type of reputation where people will have trouble calling it out and this person's not calling out the individual person i'm not pushing by the way i don't want them to be comfortable i i'd like it I, i wouldn't mind it um that again as long as conversations are healthy it's not about screw this guy yeah and here's some nasty stuff about him and throwing out accusations it's about look Here's some photos. Here's what happened. I have some questions. Perhaps we can talk about it. And here's the guy. I'm just saying that always helps everyone. And it gets a conversation going. I'm not all for just, just, you know, uh, jump in, uh, you know, jump into a huge conclusion, throwing out the, 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 uh, uh, allegations and, and being nasty about it. Yeah. It just needs a little bit of conversation, but um, there's another interesting, I haven't read enough about it, but there's an interesting thread going on uh, regarding uh do you remember uh, one of the that lebron uh it was a lebron patch auto uh, that was purchased for over a million dollars this was one of the earlier big auctions no. last year um and it was bought by a guy who was just it's the same type of investor as a lot of the other guys that we've heard about and he's on instagram he bought this extremely rare lebron for i believe it was uh over a million it was like 1.2 million and he's continued to buy cards. And he got himself wrapped up into a situation where he was buying some cards uh, out of Taiwan, I believe it was a bunch of really rare Kobe's cause he's, he collects Kobe specifically. And uh, it turned out one of the raw cards was fake. One of the slabbed cards by PSA was fake. And uh, PSA wanted to take care of that. This is a long entangled story, but, and then one of the cards which was slabbed was all, was real. And then there was a PayPal refund. Anyways, it's a long story. I don't see any um, obvious villains in the situation. But the fact is the seller is out the, the total, did not re- receive his real card back. PSA is in a situation where they, don't, they want that slabbed fake to come back to them so they can take care of that. And it's also a reminder about how many fake cards are out there. Literally. So, and it involves people that the, the, the buyer is extremely well. I don't want to throw it out there. People can figure it out themselves. He's known in the hobby. Um, so it's not like fly by night guys. It's not like, you know, just the dude down the street who just started collecting cards yesterday. So oftentimes these controversies involve people that are well entrenched in the hobby. So there's no escaping it by saying to yourself, oh, well, this guy's been doing it for a long time. And I trust, you know, he's, he's got so many transactions. You still have to keep your ears open and your eyes open and be careful and and tread carefully. Um, so I think a lot of people are learning these lessons as they go. I I feel like me and you are just trying to push it ahead a little bit so that they, they, you know, they're on it a little faster and and they stay safer that way. Um, because there's a lot of pitfalls in, in the hobby, obviously. Um, so another thing we wanted to talk about, Brendan, was the uh, the concept of planning, in the sense of uh, grading, right? Because yeah. these long waits. Well, we just we just sent out a
0: a vintage or not a vintage a value sub, uh, despite the increase in prices. The uh, Coachco and Cartel decided to send one out anyway. It was smaller. Uh, it was smaller, and it was smaller because it's already working PSA. It's already working. It was smaller because you have to essentially think, okay, what is this going to be valued at in like nine months to a year from now when it comes back? Especially if you're going with a cheaper option. And even if you're going with a 20-day option at this point, which we did, we did an express sub about a month and a half ago, two months and that's typically 20 days, still hasn't reached um, even the, the entered stage um, so, or the research and ID stage. So you have to think, am I comfortable with this card being out of my possession for X number of weeks, months, whatever? And what is my play on this when it comes back? Because if it's something that you want to flip, let's say next month or the month after, or maybe midway through the baseball season, chances are you have two options, either Super Express, which I hear is still fast. Um, the, the, the clawback on that is, I think it's $200 a card or $300 a card, something along those lines. Yeah. Or you sell it raw. And uh, I think... I mean, going back to, you know, full circle, it's been a year, our sub from September. I mean, I look back on some of those cards I subbed and I'm like, damn, bro. I mean, some of them, like, I wish I had right now. <laughs> right, exactly. But also, some of them, I'm like, 10 I'm 10 like, 10. man, I don't know how I'm going to sell that. You know, like, some of them, I'm looking at them, like, for instance, I got, like, a Danilson DeMils- De-Nil- LeMay, Bowman Chrome model. And uh, I think he's going to miss a large portion of the season because I think he had Tommy John surgery, if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, you're looking back and you're like, fuck, that was six months ago. There's so much going to
1: happen in that period of time. You know, There's another
0: three months to go. Uh, Where is my card going to be at realistically knowing that there are going to be ebbs and flows, but there are things that you can't account for like injuries.
1: Yeah. And we're, and we're talking about those cards in the, $200 $200 and less range, which quite frankly, a lot of people were, were, were doing a, a really great job on in terms of getting a system going where they could grade these cards, bring them back and sell it very well and have a nice profit stream going and just have that rolling. Well, like, and- let's talk
0: about for two seconds. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but like how many tops 2021 series one cards did you sub?
1: Uh, from 2020, yeah, uh, uh, unbelievable amounts. There's no, I'm talking 2021.
0: 2020. 2021. How many did 2021, you? 2021. Yeah,
1: exactly. And it's like what? I what's sub going to companies? You know, yeah. like yeah, for sure. And and that's so that's a t- like if you pull uh, a really nice Alec bomb right now, are you offering it up on the market now, or do you want to grade it? So potentially, like you mentioned, there's going to be people selling a lot more raw cards. Um, that could be something where you want to give a second look online. Uh, I have a new rule for myself. I'm not buying Chrome online <laughs> anymore ever again, but that said, all of a sudden, I'm a little bit more aware that there may be nice cards out there that people just don't want to put time and money into yep. to great. Again, I've already given people my, uh, suggestions with that stuff. Uh, go to, go to view sellers, other auctions, see what they're offering. Are they selling graded stuff? Are they not selling graded stuff? Try to get, try to get the best pictures possible. Don't be afraid to ask for more pictures. If a guy's really especially if we're starting to get into the three, four $500 range, show me some more photos. The guy shouldn't have a problem with that. If he does have a problem with it, move on to the next. I agree. One. I agree. So um, that could be an opportunity. I've seen that mentioned on other podcasts, this concept that perhaps more people will be selling really nice raw stuff that they just don't have the, the patience to deal with. Maybe that's true. But yeah, you've got to put a lot more thought. I mean, again, with a certain card like Stipe Miocic, the UFC fighter, some of his rookie cards, I was getting ready to express and then it got a lot more expensive. And I said, I'm just going to send it out. God knows what's going to happen. I mean, Even if the guy is successful in his next title defense, that heat is going to come down pretty quickly. And it does with MMA. I'm going to probably miss that window. And if I'm going to want to hit another window, it's going to be by the time I get the card back, it's probably going to be two, three fights down the line for him. But nonetheless, I'm a big fan of his. It might end up being a PC card. Who knows? That's but. how
0: I felt about a lot of the cards. So I, I've been stockpiling soccer, which I've talked about like 1,500 times. Oh, but man. I have like a lot of stuff that I think would do really well at this upcoming Euro. So like... I feel like your
1: play on soccer is perfect in that sense. You're not in a rush, right? Yeah,
0: but like it, I have three months, right? And I was like, okay, if I sub this now, yeah, then there's no way in hell I'm going to be able to to sell these things. At all, um, the euros in gone. three months.
1: Pardon the, the euros in three months. Yeah, you may. Pute- do you do you have any soccer in that first submission? That that might be bad. I have one card. <laughs> oh, so you so you started the pouring the soccer on later in yes.
0: in the in the January one, and that's what I mean. So like, I have three. Like I have like I'm not kidding. Probably like 120 quality raw cards that right. I was considering like subbing even for the nine and ten because the pop counts are so low for the euro. However, knowing that I can't get them back, my play is to just keep them and sell them raw and and buy the actual just either PSA 9 or PSA 10 if I think it's a long-term, right. if it's a quality long-term play. So, like, I've already started buying – just, like, my strategy moving forward now is just if you want the PSA 10, just buy it. Yeah. Because – like it's almost not worth sifting through stuff specifically on eBay. It's different if you open a box and you get it, but if you're sifting through stuff on eBay to get it, it just doesn't make sense time-wise or financially for me.
1: Yes. Do,
0: do you know? And, what I mean? again,
1: and that's especially in that certain price range, like 200 and under. Yeah. There's a lot of time, effort and question marks. If you're trying to sift through them, as opposed to just buy the card, right? Buy it from the best, the, the, the best position that you can. Like I said, utilize some of the tools to get the best price you can on eBay.
0: Yep.
1: Uh, recognize what a good price is. If it's going for 175 try to get in at 150 It's possible. Yep. Um, so do you, do you feel that, I mean, I, I'm probably on board with this general concept, but are slabs now going to benefit as a whole? Because there's this difficulty in getting slabs. Will people pay a little bit more in general for slabs to get the slab? So this goes back to and we
0: can see back around a year ago I didn't understand why even eights and nines weren't loved and cherished. This is a
1: question a lot of people newer the hobby have.
0: And I just didn't understand because I'm like in my head, you know, a rock card is just it could be anything. And versus You know, growing up, I had nothing slabbed ever. I saw things in um, those like plastic with the 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 drill, you know know what I'm talking about like the screw loose
1: sight holders with the screw down.
0: Like the screws in them. That's all I saw (laughs) in terms of slab stuff. And I just I was so drawn to, you know, this thing that's encased forever and can't be ruined or damaged. And it's preserved, you know, like uh, theoretically it's you know, weatherproof and all this shit. And this is like now encapsulated forever. So I think hopefully the respect for these low graded cards, I mean, maybe not eights yet, but at the very least nines, I've seen a lot of them get like, get drafted up um, with respect to their pricing. I've seen a lot of a big, a bigger difference though, between nines and tens. Now, usually it's like half the price and I've seen like, tends to be way higher than the nine Um, but I definitely see a little bit more love being shared for nines Uh, now is that going to be the same case a year from now when all of the subs up until February get pushed out and now it's only new subs it's 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 a question that I think we're all we're all
1: asking everyone we know and ourselves about you know like it could potentially be a temporary bump I think. Yeah, just in the fact and I am seeing a lot more of those requests once again on Instagram for anyone got slaps. Yeah, get that slap. Um whatever it is, right? Whatever. Um now let's talk about the fact that people are are obviously you know, I just had a thought like a spontaneous thought. I, I wonder if, like that that does nothing but help things like top shot because and that's something we haven't surprisingly discussed on the show yet i know you're excited about it let's <laughs> maybe hold off for another show but but Ooh. you gotta imagine like if if you turn off the faucet in one arena you probably are gonna see people running to other arenas like top shot but anyways I, have,
0: I am i am holding everything i have sure i don't have anything in the thousands i do have a few like top shot cards that are like at least 500 bucks us but got, i'm just
1: right now is what i've got but uh we'll, we'll get to that another time yeah, Brendan. Yeah. i promise yeah. we'll have a pokemon soccer top shot exclusive anyway now you're talking so, my language cartel that's it it'll be coach 24 <laughs> Co- 7 um so hga csg Um, let's talk a little bit about that. Obviously people will gravitate towards those companies. There's all this demand for getting on the lineup with uh, HGA. What a great, it's super smart idea by Tyler and and the boys over there to the boys and gals over there to create that system. I think that's probably the, the biggest thing they've contributed in my opinion, CSG people not getting behind the holder as much as the HGA holder. But again, I'm reminding people, the pedigree, who they are the company that they come from, the collectors, the the universe they come from, the, the NGC coins, CGC comic book slabs. It's a literally collector's universe. Exactly. So what (laughs) Now you, you are maybe following this a little bit closer. We are seeing that there's an almost like an equivalence with some HGA stuff. You're seeing that.
0: Yeah. So, uh, you know, I feel like I'm, I'm the, the house HGA rep, but, um, I, yeah, I, so I've been following HGA stuff mainly because, I like, I like the design. I've talked about it like 1,900 times, but also because I have a sub with them. It's a small four-card four sub, but I just wanted to see how they looked and you know, what their market would look like. And quite honestly, they come back faster than PSA. So I was like, you know what? What the hell? It's, it's slabbed. Um, it's new. It's exciting. Let's see how this works. And it's been pretty promising. I just saw a comp on a PSA. I lied. So the PSA nine version of a Tatis uh, base, so paper rookie card, uh, 2019 update, is three twenty, I think, for a PSA ten. I just saw a few days ago it was sold.
1: On oh, Canadian, right?
0: No, U.S. Okay, three twenty U.S. And uh, its counterpart in HGA, so a nine point five, which is still a gem mint. Sold for three oh five a few days prior. So I mean, we're talking about a fifteen dollar U.S. difference between uh, a slab that has been around for decades and a slab that just started to essentially crank out into the market a few months ago. So very promising stuff. Uh, probably why the lineups are so long every day or every Thursday and Friday, and it's a crapshoot to get in. Uh, I've been trying for several weeks and, you know, I just can't get my timing right, to be honest. And when I do remember, I jump on and I'm like 7,000th in line.
1: Um, You got to imagine there is a bit of a recency effect, right? It's the hot new thing. So you are probably going to start seeing some decent prices out the gate. Any idea with CSG? I've not been been following that either. Not sure. Um, But I'm going to attempt right now to take a look if there is uh csg tatis potentially uh so, so we can stay in line with that comparison yeah
0: i mean like you don't want to do a comp on uh right you know the
1: only thing that pops up is a uh, is a uh tops update which is the rookie debut in a pristine 10 and i believe so both companies are utilizing the same thing that beckett does as far as 9.5 gem
0: yeah
1: and then a pristine or slash flawless yeah um and uh, I don't know if I can tell you exactly what this card went for someone took an offer on it. And I don't know if my way, I think my way of finding the price is now has now been taken care of by eBay. Yeah. So I'm not going to hop on one of these uh, websites just yet, but uh, it looks good. I mean, it probably went for somewhere around the asking price, which was 250 us, but um yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. I still think, again, just looking at the holder, I'm just reminded to a degree of the comic book slab, of which I have a few. I don't mind it. I don't mind it. Um, I, I think, I don't know. I think this uh, CSG could, could be something, potentially. I mean, um,
0: speaking but, of CSG and alternate <laughs> investments. Right uh i was gonna talk about how now all of a sudden i mean
1: comic books are pretty goddamn pricey bro and that's all your territory i mean yeah the funny thing is i was under the impression i mean things did for a couple years for sure i know for sure that they sizzled down a little bit but man i was looking for a couple books just personally that i wanted to pick up one of them being spider-man 361 at the last Fall Expo late in 2019, this was a book that I was hemming and hawing over about 200 US dollars. And it's, it's almost tripled now. Um, some of the other books I was looking up uh, just in my own personal collection are exploding, they're popping. And again, I, I remind people like I, I, comic books, the culture is always there. We are going to be getting back to watching movies soon. And they have a whole slate of movies that are ready to hit the, the, the market. The theater, uh, if, if you will. What's that? I said the theater, if you will, in the theater. And if we are not all comfortable going to theater and the, and the money starts uh, accumulating again for, for Marvel studios, I mean, you know, and again, I would say the smart play is don't forget. There's a lot of older cards than the Impel cards. There's a lot of old Marvel and DC cards. Those are people call them rookie cards. They're not rookie cards. Uh, and if you want, you know, if you really want to be investing in that market, find, find the comic books and the prices they're at right now, I think, that's actually a big investment opportunity for people because like I said, when the movies hit and that, and things kind of normalize, a lot of people are predicting that cards might take a hit because of that when things get normal again, but there are some industries like comics, I think that are actually going to see a resurgence. Do you know
0: Um, uh, when I was a kid, my favorite thing before I collected any cards. So before the world of Pokemon existed and Yu-Gi-Oh and all those things, I magic, all the things that I got into, um, I was obsessed with Transformers and unfortunately, Transformers, they're not as compact as, you know, something like a comic book, because if I could collect trans- anything Transformers at this point, I feel like my yeah, life,
1: mean, I'd go full circle. If, if you want to start getting into the action figure category again, I mean, we can go on and on. Uh, I, I think that's a solid area as well. Um, because of all the different characters and all the different toy lines, like you're not going to look for a Transformers rookie card. No, you're going to look for the original G1 Transformers, right? Do you have any of the G1 Transformers? Beasties? I do. They're all open though. But, but you have Beastie G1s, not Be- like G1 Transformers. No, 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 no. I got
0: Beasties. I got Beasties.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I've, yeah. I'm looking up on my shelf. I've got Soundwave, I've got uh, Jetfire. Uh, you Is know it, what
0: they just didn't do
1: it for me until they became animals man as as weird but, as and that that's sentence, fine but you know? have to understand for my generation growing up those toys were of such an incredibly high quality there was nothing yeah. like it yeah
0: they're you
1: know, they're metal like they're and they're you know they came from japan as like the most superior toys at a time when everything else was cheap plastic he-man gi joe it's so the closest
0: cute. thing i've ever come to completing a rubik's cube <laughs>
1: In terms of transforming it and stuff. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I love the, to- I love that as much as you do, Brendan, but just quickly getting back to uh, CSG and HCA. let's not forget, you know, the statements that were made. Uh, I, I didn't know this. I just found this out. Not only was it golden auctions, but it's PWCC as well. I believe. Wow. That are just SGC, BGS, PSA. We've already talked about why I think that's reasonable. There's people mad at that. Yeah. Like, Oh, it's an inside job and they have investments in PSA. Listen, it, it makes sense. As auction houses, it it makes sense to me. Of course. You got to step back and see how these companies perform. We've seen some of the concerns. So my understanding is with CSG, something's going wrong with the way they're handling vintage. You see that? Yep. They yeah. they're sending back a lot of cards claiming they're trim. By the way, wouldn't it be mind blowing if they were right and they all were trimmed? I know. But- some of these cards are clearly, people have told stories, I pulled the card, yeah. I know it yeah, wasn't yeah. trimmed. Yeah. It's the type of card that wouldn't be trimmed or, no. or, or manipulated because it's not no. worth thousands of dollars No, 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 no. That's a concern. Maybe that's when, you know, quote unquote AI, I and mean, we're finding out maybe it's not really AI, but, but any computerized system, that's where we might find flaws. Yeah. And with HGA, I believe we've seen some label misprints, kind of minor stuff like that, which by the way, can be fixed pretty quickly. I've and seen, just,
0: I've seen a miscut label that didn't really
1: do it for listen, me. Just, just in talking to Tyler hit on cardboard coaches and knowing his enthusiasm and the fact that they're a new company, give them a chance. They'll fix that. Yeah, of course. I don't think it's worth smash. I mean, look, end of the day, I don't want to take away from the fact that if you open that box, if any element is disappointing, especially with the money you're paying yeah. And, and the nature of it because it's like Christmas every time you're opening up a grading yeah. box. I get it. it. It can be annoying and they, they got to get on top of that. But uh, you know, uh, the CSG issue is probably a bigger issue, but uh, that's why golden and PWCC yeah. said, we want to, let's see how it plays out. And we yeah. are not, and, and they're not bending to it until then. So next thing real quick here, Brendan, um, before we get to our fitness uh, category of the day, um, Again, just touching on this concept of the year-long entry, uh, the the entry point for a lot of people a year ago, they've had a year now to be in the hobby, whether as a flipper, an investor, a hobbyist, a collector, a lot of people returning to collecting. Um, The concept being, um, how can we build? How do we build up? Building up, building up. I once did a live with the venerable, humorous peter pacman holy shit has he been pumping out the uh the the content lately the my goodness. talks and the uh yeah. the, the reels killing it man yeah. the one where he's holding the bag and his girlfriend and he's got to make the choice yeah uh, that's one of my favorites there's a couple other really good ones the one that in my opinion is the most underrated is the sleeving a card from a kid all the way to an adult but it's just it's just him making I these mean- weird like faces as, as as he slowly like straightens his legs That's hilarious. Anyway, um why am i talking about here? <laughs> well because like, we're talking about uh, when i building on a budget yeah when i did a live uh a live with him um uh, when we were talking about we were talking uh, specifically at the time we were talking about women kids minorities bringing the unity in in the hobby and how it's, it should be accessible to everyone. We're seeing more representation throughout. And one of the things I talked about, and especially as it relates to the kids, because look, when you start out as this, when you're a kid, so real quick, is gonna share an old man story. One of my first big sales on eBay back in the day in, in the late nineties was, don't forget there were booms in the hobby before 2020. And I believe it was, uh, when was Vince Carter's rookie year? 97, 98? 98, I think. I could be wrong. I remember that this, I already told the story about the SPX Steve Francis. Yep. That I pulled out of a pack. It was $25. $25 and 98. Okay, that was a a lot of money for a kid. And I sold it to a dealer for $1,000. Steve Francis was all the hype at the time. He was the LaMelo. He was the, uh, you know, the, the Luca. And then uh, I parlayed that money by going to the card store and a guy had a Vince Carter SP authentic rookie card, just in a top loader. There wasn't a ton of grading going on at the time. And I said, would you take my thousand dollars? And the card owner, the, 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 the card store owner was happy to take my cash and give me the Vince. This was in the States. Okay. So it wasn't in Toronto where he was getting the most hype, and it wasn't, you know, on a worldwide stage like eBay. And a lot of these old card store owners at the time, these OGs, they were scared. They were as scared of the computer and eBay as I'm scared of like Top Top Shot and TikTok and all these things. I've told you that I'm scared of, Brendan. Yeah. That was the same thing in '98. That old card store owner, when he heard me talking about eBay, he's like, "Oh, that stuff's crazy. It's going to get you in trouble, now." So I bought that Carter and I doubled my money on the Vince, because that's how much it was worth back. People don't realize, I think it was worth more then than it is right now. Probably. And that should actually make sense because he was winning slam dunk contests. Yeah. This and that. So kids learn very early on that they learn business. They they learn business concepts. And that just naturally comes from the hobby, right? Like if I want this cart and I have to get there from here, this is a business concept. This is accumulation. This is investment. So I was talking to Peter Packman about the fact that never before have we been in a situation where a kid with not much can build up to something. Yeah. Right. Even if it's that classic concept, how do I get myself to a Jordan rookie, which by the way is a lot more accessible seeing as how it's dropped almost half. I know we discussed that on cardboard coaches. You see something that's too fast, too soon. Logic has to kick in. Let logic be involved in this. Yeah. In the world of eggs, and cryptocurrency and top shot, gotta keep a bit of logic in the background, even in the hype, even in the excitement. So I want to talk about intention and non-intention in building your way up. And I wanna say, I want to start with like say $40, $50. How can I play with the big boys? Maybe not even the big boys. How can I play with the bigger boys if I'm just starting out 40-50 bucks? You know this because it's kind of what you went through when you got into the hobby. It's not like Coach Co didn't come in with a stack, right? You didn't come in with like, I'm going to earmark $10,000 to start doing this. You came in, I got to to learn about it. I got to accumulate knowledge and I'm willing to put a little bit in to get started. Yeah. So before you tell us about your journey there, I'm just going to give two quick examples. Intention. You know the players. This is a Kasperi Kapanen, PSA 10. You know the player, you like him. You think he's going to do better on his new team. Season's about to start. Okay. Contemporaries from this same set, Line A, Marner, Matthews, the prices are astronomical. Why is this guy 40 bucks? Cartel buys five of them, okay? I've only sold one so far because I'm not in a rush because he's he's playing great and the Penguins are overperforming, 100 bucks, okay? So the five times 40 can become five times 100, not bad, right? That's intention. Right, you got to have the patience. You got to spread it out. And again, even even though I bought five of them, if you bought one at forty and sold at hundred, you're on your way. Yep. Right. You can just try to keep making smart plays. Now, what about non-intention? BGS eight point five tops gold. Derek Jeter this is a very hot card now. Um, by the way, both of these, the timeline's about a month and a half. Month and a half, two months. Um, the Derek Jeter, I'm up late one night. I'm using the eBay search tool, which can be your friend. And I don't just mean misspellings of names. Uh, I I like to throw tidbits out there, but sometimes I want people to just think about it and kind of come up with their own concepts, but I did not find this through a traditional search. And it was 3.00 AM. We've already talked about that terrible time for an auction to end. Yep. I bought this for roughly 70 bucks all in a month and a half ago. They are going for about 250 now. Okay. So in just that one kick, quick play, where I don't have to be too patient, month and a half, I can move this probably any day now. And I have effectively more than three times my investment. Yeah. 3.5. Yeah. That was not intentional. I happened to be up searching eBay, spending the time that we all do, getting that eBay K-hole that I call it. Intentional. I knew what I wanted. I knew the price I wanted in at. And I had an idea of what the price would be eventually. Yeah. Two good examples of building up from not a lot to a bit more. I love it. Do you have any specific stories about that? Or perhaps that it was an entire year of doing that.
0: Yeah. Well, you mean, you mentioned that I didn't have, I didn't have a single card a year ago today. And uh, what
1: happened? Did you have, I remember you cracked back in like 2013 and it was my fault. I, I, I dragged you to it and I'm like, check this out. Didn't you crack like a, a panini? Artifacts. No, I feel like it was um, their higher end product, Dominion or something. I'm not sure. Maybe. But I guess you didn't keep any of that stuff. No.
0: I, the thing is, if I do, it's at, it's at my parents' place. Not to mention, I don't think I grabbed anything that was like, like – that my heart was, or that was relevant 10, like 10 right. years later, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, like I guess said before, like I've collected forever. And then, you know, I've left some at old girlfriends houses, which don't remind me, my heart's still broken about some of the cards that I've left.
1: Um, Brandon, you never know. who's. I know.
0: I know. I know.
1: It. I know. Um, I'm going to get a call from your girl. She's going to be upset. And no, no, no. She knows it. about some of
0: the decisions I've made in, with respect <sighs> to leaving, leaving my cards in places. But uh, yeah. So, um, I mean, I think the most important thing that I did now I got burnt with this in the beginning, because when you when you first come in, you know, the first thing you want to do is like, okay, where am I? Like, where do I start? And you tend to to gravitate towards the things that everyone's talking about. Right. Like when I first came in, it was like Tyler hero. Um, it was like jaws. It was Zion's. It was Lucas. It was, um, it, not even really Tatis, to be honest, but it was, um, Acuna is like, yeah, so, so yeah. it was a lot of like, these are the right nows and like the only people that wanted to make deals were the ones who wanted to acquire these cards. And so what I did first was acquire cards that, you know, pl- of players that were playing well. Um, but I thought had a high upside, um, I saw you doing that
1: with hockey specifically. I saw. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I grabbed a bunch of guys that I thought had high upside, um, but uh, just really weren't getting recognized in hopes of of them peaking during playoffs and then me selling when more eyes were on them. Um, But also I, so I think the most important thing you can do if you're just starting today with like $50 in your pocket is to almost pretend that those cards that everyone wants don't exist. Because the minute you pretend that those cards don't exist, you get to do whatever you need to do in order to make money and to, to build up your bankroll. Because if you forget that the Tyler heroes exist, if you forget that the, you know, the Ronaldo's exist, Lucas, the jaws, even I had to forget that prism basketball as a whole existed, you know, despite everybody everywhere talking about Prism basketball and selling trays and everything. I had to forget that it existed not because I don't like basketball because I mentioned before that I like watching basketball. You know, if I had the option two years prior to get in on basketball, I would have, but just because of where the market was, I couldn't even look at the stuff without feeling like I wasn't where I wanted to be. And I think that's important. I think it's very important to realize that if you're just starting out, you're just starting out. So you're going to have to be unconventional with your moves. You're going to have to do more research. You're going to have to find things that some people might look at and be like, why did you buy that? Because there's no way you're making, you know, five, 10, 20 times returns on things. And that's what you're going to have to do with 50 bucks. If you're buying stuff that everybody else owns, it's impossible. So I would highly recommend doing your research, forgetting that those big cards exist until they become in your range and really and truly don't be afraid to buy cards that check off certain boxes. So, you know, the player plays in a prominent place, you know, maybe they're going to be in the playoffs. Um, Just think about like, how, how is this player going to get eyes? Do they get playing time? Um, You know, can they be the guy even for a few games? And most importantly, don't be afraid to buy outside the beaten path. And, uh, and if you do that, you'll see that, I mean, what I was doing early on was grabbing a bunch of young guns for like a dollar, $3, $5 yeah, and flipping them for like 30 bucks, $40, $20. Yeah. I still do that. I still have a bunch of young guns that I've just stockpiled and waited for them to get a hot stretch of games for four or five games. And I yeah. sell them for 20, 30 bucks. And now I'm up four or five times my money, 10 times my money, and that's money I can now use towards buying a bigger card and then you just keep recycling that way
1: and those opportunities are there' yeah. I, I'm, here to, I'm here to tell people like they are always there you might be sitting you might get depressed scrolling through everything and everything's so expensive there are big opportunities there take some chances um, don't if you're if you're always stuck at looking for graded look for raw if you're always stuck at looking for serially numbered and, and, and color parallels don't forget the base yeah um sometimes you just sometimes you just forget like sometimes i I, i'm looking at you know randy rosarena and i'm chasing his high-end stuff and i'm like wait a minute there might still be good deals on his base stuff because don't forget base jumps like crazy if there's a big performance so um get get out of habits like like co said get you know uh do the research try to find some lanes that are less traveled There's a million opportunities to do what I mentioned. Like, again, if there's a player you have a hunch about and they're going low, just get in there. If it's going to cost you 20, 30, 40, 50 bucks, why not? Yeah, Get in there if you have a hunch about that player. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. So, Brendan, let's very quickly, if you don't mind, since the cartel is on a tight schedule here today, let's talk a little bit about another complement to the fitness stuff that we've been discussing, things like uh, nutrition and and spending more time thinking about that, coming up with strategies. We wanted to talk about the importance of strength training. As as we get closer to warm weather, people will be doing boot camps. People will be doing circuits. People will be doing all variations. And they all have value and they all have a reason behind them in terms of an intention, in terms of what someone wants to accomplish. But at the end of the day, we do know that there is a tendency for some people to avoid Weights to avoid the strength training. It might be a little bit more difficult. It might be a little bit more intimidating. Let's talk about why it's so important. I think uh,
0: building muscle is the gift that keeps keeps on giving. And I don't even mean like with respect to opportunities of vanity or whatever. I honestly mean. Although that's,
1: that's there, let's be honest. It's yeah, there. for sure, one hundred
0: percent. But I mean, and and let's be clear. Like I'm not saying that you're going to turn into Arnold. You know, like that's not something I'm saying. What I'm you saying is that him. literally. So for every one pound of muscle you put on, you're burning calories, even when you're at rest. So the reason why you see some of these fit individuals pounding back, whatever the hell they want, it's because they've put on, let's say over the course of 10 years that they've been working out, they've put on, on average, let's say even a half pound of muscle a month, you know, times that by a year, that's six pounds a year times 10 years. They put on, let's say 60 pounds of muscle, then they've replaced fat. They haven't necessarily gained 60 pounds of muscle, but there's some form of muscle being built. They get to burn additional calories every single day, not including the ones that they put into when they work out. So you literally, it's, it's, it starts working for you. It's almost like, you know, like investing, you know, you have an option to, you know, work every day and you make money that way. And that's a great way because you're still making money or like with cards, you can take that money just like you can take that muscle and and let it work for you, you know? So if you, if you put on some muscle, then you're burning additional calories on top of whatever calories you're burning through walking through, you know, decreasing some of the the lifestyle changes that might be calorically dense um, through your workouts in general. And it, it just becomes this, this
1: gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, and and it works both ways. Once a male, uh, I'm far more familiar with this now. What it, it, in the it, in the realm of, of females, um, it really more than anything, in my opinion, boils because not a lot of women necessarily want to sit down and talk about gaining large amounts of, of muscle. Course. They are of course interested in gaining lean mass, and the potential sustained benefits for women tend to circle more around joint health, yeah, um, bone density. Uh, when it comes to strength training i was
0: was even going to mention posture right like i mean oh big time especially for
1: for younger younger girls that are hitting puberty and especially if they're playing sports there's been so many studies on this adjusting to the growth adjusting to the joints big time strength training comes into play for men specifically we know this for a fact once we're in the 35 to 40 year arena the body wants to lose lean mass to the tune of one pound or more per year as you age, if you're doing nothing about it, you are literally, I don't care how much you had to begin with soldier, but as the years go on, you're losing it. So you need to get started right now to not only start building, but start preventing the loss that can happen down the line. And what are the consequences there? The consequences are postural. The consequences are hormonal. Your testosterone is going to keep dropping. And like I mentioned last podcast, when the body's overweight and you keep it that way, it starts to like it, it wants to stay there. When you get the body fit and you get lean mass on, there's a better chance the body's going to like it and want to keep that going, which is why it's the concept of get into shape. Don't stop what you're doing, but it's going to be easier to stay in shape. Yeah, out of shape, so easy to get further and further out of shape. And the last thing I Lean muscle. Sorry, go
0: ahead. It's a, when you have lean muscle, it's a lot easier to continue to build lean muscle, right? Like,
1: yeah. So you can get on the treadmill and you can start eating less, and you'll see great results. But Brendan and I know, over the course of more than a decade—in my case, decades—of personal training and watching people, we we have the books, so to speak, on the reality of life because we've got all our results with our clients and all their progress, and we see what can happen. So the concept is. Um, you know, you, you, you can do all that cardio and things are not going to sustain themselves in the sense that if you stop, yes, the body has not changed. Yes. There's been no real change in terms yeah. of the lean mass that has changed the metabolism. All yeah. you did was burn a bunch of calories, decrease the calories you exactly. took in. Guess what? Two months later, if you change your habits, it's all done and, yeah. and, and over. Whereas if you were also working on building the lean mass, Two months later, even if you slow down the cardio and start eating more pizza, you're going to be surprised and you're going to say, I'm I'm still holding on to the good work that I did. I've had people
0: get really busy for work and just like not be able to come work out for two weeks and they come back and they look almost the exact same. They, they move almost the exact same. Whereas if that was going to happen and you stopped exercising and you only did cardio, let's say you're at a surplus of like 200, 300 calories a day. You're up two, three pounds at least of like fat by the end of the two weeks, you know what I mean? So, and the
1: last thing I would add to the concept is it's not child's play. It's not about getting in the gym, doing shrugs, horribly bad, doing curls, horribly bad, throwing your shoulders into them and doing the lap pull down horribly bad with the bar way out in front of you. It's about getting good advice. Nine times out of 10, you're not going to get the good advice from the biggest dude in the gym. I'm telling you that right now and I'll hold to it to this day. You're going to get the best advice from people who, have, who are professionals who have been doing this, who have the certifications, who have the education and the knowledge. There's a lot more to a bicep curl, you may think, when a trainer starts to talk to you about pacing, right, and how you should be handling the eccentric and concentric portions of the of the movement. There's a lot more to a squat than you may think is involved. There's a lot more to it. Just even a simple cable movement changes drastically when you get it right. Yep. And I would I would also mention a lot more pulling than pushing is needed. If you truly want to get strong and work on your posture, don't be the guy that only works on this right here, which is your traps, your chest, your lats, by the way, which come underneath here and your biceps. Don't be that guy. There's a lot of value to the muscles that you can't see on the beach in terms of giving you the strength to do even better on the front. I agree, step. yeah, yeah. It's, all, it's, all, it's, how it's how it stabilizes.
0: The posterior chain helps stabilize every movement, you know?
1: That's right. On that note, Brendan, I do have to run and my phone is about to die, but I think we got our kind of salient points in for the the workouts. I always love to remind people, especially when it comes out to the workout stuff, maybe if you're, if you already got the card stuff down and you're hearing us and you understand, reach do not feel uh, embarrassed or, uh, or, or tentative in reaching out to either one of us. It's what we do other than the card stuff, other than sleeving stuff all day. We're, we're helping people with their fitness yeah. and that's incredibly satisfying, by the way, I thank God that I'm in a position where I'm able to do that Every uh, day. as part of my living. Yeah, man. Reach out to a sports card cartel coach, go coach on coach. everything. Uh, we are working on our situation with the guests that we were going to have this week. We've got a great one next week. I think from now on, we're just going to say we have a great guest and not be specific just in case something happens. Yeah. No so, kidding. You know, great one. Right.
0: Yeah, we have a no great one.
1: We're going to talk baseball uh, next week. And uh, I, we do have some giveaways coming. All sorts of exciting stuff as it gets nicer outside. It's going to get it nicer in here.
0: I love that. I hope you guys had fun today. Whether it was morning, afternoon, evening, night, weekend, whatever the hell it was. Have a great day. And uh, keep on killing it, team. Peace, go, y'all. Go out. Word.